listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hello, hello. This is Jessica O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And I'm here to share stories, insights, research that you can use tonight to hopefully improve your relationship and your sex life. And we're going to be talking about polyamory today, consensual non-monogamy. But before we get started on this really interesting and important topic, I want to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts because this episode of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast is brought to you by Desire Resorts, a very sexy adults-only clothing optional, really erotic paradise with two resorts on the Mayan Riviera in Mexico, a quick 15, 20-minute ride from Cancun International Airport. You know it's one of my favorite spots, so please check them out at Desire Resorts. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome national headlining comedian, Christina Walkinshaw. You may know Christina from her Comedy Network special, Just for Laughs, BBC's The Debaters, and now, and the reason I found her, of course, curvy as I am. Now she's blowing up the internet with her new blog, Becoming Polly. Hi there, Christina. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. I'm drinking coffee. I'm going to try to give you my best. My The best version of early morning, Christina? The best version of early morning, Christina. Yeah. All right. Christina, I've been reading your blog. Yeah. Uh, starting with the first entry. Yes. Two non-monogamous people walk into a bar. So for those who haven't read it yet, and they're all going to read it now, tell us how you met your current partner and how you ended up in a polyamorous relationship for the very first time. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm going to preface right now that I'm still very new to the poly world. So um, I'm still learning. And I I get like a lot of emails and messages from people that have been doing poly for a long time. And it, it, they give me a lot of good insight. But Here's my general entry uh, into the poly world. So yeah, I started dating a guy, and uh, just a little background on myself. Like I am a very, I've always been a very pro single person. I like being single. Uh, I've never understood this idea behind a woman over thirty five. If she's single, she has to be like at home alone with ice cream and five cats. Like that is one hundred percent not me. Um, I'm not. But sure it sounds I- amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At home alone with ice cream and five cats. This sounds if like kind of dream. Exchanged the five cats for five bottles of wine. I could get behind your single lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I've always liked being single. I do believe that there's some problems with monogamy, but up until this point, I just never thought that there's a a, a way around that. Like I'm like, oh well, well I don't think monogamy's right for me, so I guess I just have to be single. So then I start dating this poly guy. He's a comedian. We're both comedians. And basically our first date, we went out and, uh, you know, maybe it took like a drink or two for him to to explain that he was poly. And uh, I, I'd asked what went wrong with his first marriage. And he said, he goes, well, to be honest, we were poly and we opened up the marriage. And then she ended me, uh, she ended up leaving me for somebody else. And so I was a little confused because I was like, well, then if it didn't work the first time, like, why would you do it again? And then he goes, Christina, a lot of relationships fail, not just poly ones. And I was like, damn, 
that's a great point. And, uh, and so, yeah, I know we kept seeing each other and, uh, we've been together for like, I don't know, about nine months now. I started writing this blog maybe a few months ago. So my real life is a lot more ahead of the blog, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. And I'll be honest, like in the beginning, I think I was a little, I was a little cocky. I was like, I can do this. Like, this is probably for me because I'm not, uh, I'm not sure I believe in monogamy. But then you sign up for polyamory and then you actually finally get feelings for your partner and then things get a little hard. But I've had a lot of epiphanies and I've broken through, like I've, I've made a lot of breakthroughs in my relationship. Uh, but yeah, started out kind of cocky, got a little rocky and then like found an amazing place after all the breakthroughs. Am I talking too much? <laughs> okay. No, you're perfect. You're perfect. Now, in, in this first blog entry, there's this one line that struck me, and I'm going to read it for you, so maybe you remember it because you wrote it. But, <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say because I think you put it on your Facebook wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we're two people who are both non-monogamous. We're technically playing the same sport, non-monogamy, but he likes his non-monogamy in relationships, and I like mine a la carte. So before you met him, you considered yourself monogamous. Pardon me, say that again. I Before consider myself met, non-monogamous. No, you considered yourself monogamous. You just were practicing serial monogamy. Yeah, I would have been a serial, but also at the same rate, because I was practicing serial monogamy, I it was few and far between like relationships. Like I only committed to guys if I knew for sure. Like I I'm not the kind of girl that needs to be in a relationship. So I I basically spent most of my 30s single. Because I just didn't think that there was a way for, like, if I wasn't really sure I I believed in monogamy, so I just kind of avoided relationships. But all through my 20s and my early 30s, absolutely monogamous. Serial monogamy all the way. Uh, dated a few guys for, like, three years. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so now you're, you're both comedians. This is what's so interesting to me. You're <laughs> both comedians in this new polyamorous relationship. How does your your comedy, your occupation play a role, the sense of humor play a role in how you're navigating this new adventure? Well, I mean, I'm obviously an open book and I always write jokes from my real life. So yeah, I've got a good set right now on polyamory. He, on the other hand, likes to have jokes that have nothing to do with his real life. So you have no insight as to what's going on in his life whatsoever. So I mean... <laughs> That way we play a little different. And then the other thing I, uh, that we kind of plays a little different is like he at least like his girlfriends all live in Portland because obviously it's all from Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I made a little joke on one of my blogs about that because like I, I read was, it. I think it was like my dad or somebody older was like, oh, you millennials and your new relationship styles. And I was like, he's not a millennial. He's from Portland. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, but, uh, but so yeah, he has girlfriends in Portland and, uh, I've met them now and funny story. Like when we first met, like, obviously I was very nervous. If you've ever met your boyfriend's girlfriends before, it's a very nerve wracking <laughs> process, probably more nerve wracking than meeting his mom, to be honest. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we show up at this bar and me and the other two girls were all wearing fanny packs. Like, how crazy is that? Hang on. How does that even happen? 
I know in 2017, first of all, I'm going to stand up for the fanny pack and let you know right now, it's amazing to be hands-free when you're a girl who always has a purse the size of a suitcase. Like I, it was very exciting. But anyways, I don't know what like type my boyfriend type is, but I'm pretty sure it's a uh, concert parking attendant. I think that's his <laughs> That's his what style. Is that? That's the kind of girl he goes for. Pouches. Hey, um, what is in your fanny pack, and do you wear it on the front or the back? Um, I, I yeah, I wear it on the front, like front kind of to the side. Uh, I, like my keys will be in there, like a wallet-ish thing of some sort, some cash, a credit card ID, and my phone, and maybe a lipstick, and then that's all you need. But that's you so boring. Have- I thought there'd be something else in there. Like, I thought you'd have, like, old, I don't know, ticket stubs or something. <laughs> you know, my purse is mostly receipts. Uh, it's, like, 87% <laughs> receipts and pens. Um, <laughs> that you plan on filing, but you leave them in your purse or your fanny pack too long that they get worn out and you can't even write it off anymore? Oh, my God. 100% that <laughs> happens to me. It's, like, those fake receipts. And you're like, ah, how much did I spend? Yeah, I'm like, I saved that $2.74 coffee receipt for three months and carried it around. And then by the time you get to giving it to your accountant or filing it or whatever, it's all worn out. I know. Me too, man. I got a whole box of those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I will stop picturing you with your fanny pack and take it back to, you know, how you made this this transition from being fairly monogamous or at least some version of monogamous to giving Polly a try. Like in a world that privileges and reveres monogamy, what yeah. made you decide to give, give this a shot? It, was it the person? Was it the way they approached it? Did you have a light bulb go off and say, ah, this really makes sense? Yeah, definitely had the light bulb. Um, but he also, my boyfriend is an amazing communicator. And I would have to be honest and tell you that I'm not. Like, I'm the kind of girl that I'm either happy in a relationship or I just bolt. Like, I just get up. <laughs> like, that's my style. I'm like, well, this is getting effed up. I don't know if we're allowed to swear here. I don't even need to swear, really. I'm a... <laughs> but yeah uh yeah usually if things are fucked up I just like bolt or if I any sort of discomfort and I'm just like oh I don't need this but my boyfriend is an amazing communicator like he it loves talking about feelings I've never dated anything like that before but my real light bulb went off uh I went to a poly meetup group in a bar here in LA called Tom Bergen's and uh, I met all these other poly people. And I think the one difference between my relationship and a lot of other people's is that a, a lot of the poly people I met, uh, they've been in their relationship for like 10 years. You know, um, some of them are married, some of them have kids, and they don't want to shake up the like, like the fact that their the family is still functioning, but maybe their their love life needs something new. And uh, I met so many people with kids and I and then it took me like a few hours to kind of think of it and then by the time I went home I I told my boyfriend um I go I just realized that like like when he first messaged me a long time ago after our first date I'd been quite adamant about not wanting kids and I remember him texting me being like do you think you'll ever change your mind about having a family and I just never responded to that question and after the meetup I came home and I was like, oh my God, like, uh, and I guess this is my first kind of like light bulb of uh, understanding compersion, but I was like, you know what? I think that having kids is like a huge thing 
in life. And I don't want to block you from having that. And so I'm comfortable going forward in this poly relationship because if you find somebody that you want to start a family with, I don't want to block that. Mm. So it's like, I know that's like a big one. That's like being like, so if you're going to fuck somebody else, go big or go home. Like, yeah, that's a big one. It was big. It was like, it was a big epiphany for me, but, but yeah, it really, it kind of made sense. Like why would, like, sure. He's happy being with me now, but maybe a few years down the road, if we were monogamous, he might either put pressure on me to have kids or resent me for not wanting them. And so I like keeping the, the relationship open for that reason alone, because I would never want to block somebody from having kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you bring up like these different feelings of feeling pressure, feeling resentment, and it sounds like whatever you're working on, and it doesn't mean that every polyamorous relationship functions in this way, but you feel less of that pressure. I Um, did. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, but that was my big, that was my big breakthrough where I was like, that's why I think poly can work for me. Okay. You know, when I contacted you to talk about this, the first thing you said was, I'm not an expert. I'm relatively new at it. But I think, I think you are an expert. I don't think that you have to be doing poly or doing monogamy for 20 years to have a really you know, valuable perspective. So polyamory obviously comes in many different forms. But for you, what, what does it mean to be polyamorous? Because I probably should have started there. I forget that sometimes I'm, I'm like, you know, like nipples deep in sex that I forget that not everybody is speaking the same language as I do. Like my Tuesday morning is observing a sex party. My Thursday I, evening. I, I, it's boring that I haven't brought up the sex enough. <laughs> um, so what does it mean to be polyamorous? And yeah, then I want to talk about the sex because I, I read your last two blog entries. Woo! I know, like I said, yeah, and I, I do like to reiterate that I'm definitely not, like, I, I'm not a professional poly person yet. I'm still, like, a normal, <laughs> I, I'm still, like, a basic, boring old monogamous girl making the transition. So I do, there has been some tears, and there has been some really hard parts. Um, But, yeah, I mean, when I explain polyamory, it's amazing how many people don't really know what it is, by the way. A lot of people get it mixed up with, like, polygamy or, like, you know, a lot of people are a little confused as to what it is, but I mean, you know, the one thing I always say, I'm always like, uh, polyamory basically, you know, this is when your boyfriend, uh, has sex with other women, but he tells you all about it. Cause that's what was always missing before, <laughs> you know, like the details. Right. Like, <laughs> the, well, the big thing is, is consent too. It's the consent, right? It's like, because I remember the first time, sorry, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm veering off your question, but, um, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember the first night that he went out with a girl without me and, uh, and like nothing big happened. Like they just ended up making out or something. But when I sat home alone that night, well, Hey, I really like spending time with myself. So it, like, I think that weirdly enough, my first secondary would be myself. Like I would rather, instead of uh, like, I don't necessarily go out with another person if he goes out with another person. Like, I, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm happy to stay at home alone. But that feeling of, like, of your partner being out with another woman, uh, like, I think we've all had it before, even if we were in monogamous relationships. It's just there was no consent. Or we didn't really know. We just instinctually knew. Mm-hmm. And so, now, like, when my boyfriend goes out with other 
girls, like, it's like, it's like you've replaced the anxiety of not knowing and that fear that your partner's cheating with just knowing. And then it's mm-hmm. like, put a bandaid off and you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. Like he's out with another girl and it's okay. I don't feel that. Like it didn't feel that weird. Um, that's, that's an interesting way to put it because it's, it's the not knowing and the the fear and the secrecy, and I also think the shame, because we don't talk to anybody about it, that actually yeah. intensifies that anxiety. Oh, absolutely. I think the anxiety is way more painful than the just knowing and getting over it. So, you know? Okay, I also read on your blog, you wrote um, of your partner, he's so attentive with me too, I'm getting more affection from him than I've gotten from any other human being in a long time. It's so nice. Even if there are other women somewhere out there, I'm not feeling any lack of attention. And I think that people have this fear that if their attention is somewhere else, it can't possibly be on you. But, you know, scientifically, we can actually only do one thing at once anyway. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, sorry, keep going. No, that's okay. So why do you think he's so attentive to you? Do you think it's a part of his personality? Do you think it's a, a result of the fact that you are polyamorous and you talk about your needs? I mean, I definitely think it's his personality. Like, he is just very attentive. And obviously, I I read that book, The Ethical Slut, like, when I first got into this poly thing, because I was trying to learn a little bit more about it. Although, the dumb thing I will tell you is, like, you can't just read a book and get polyamory. I mean, you have to to live it. It's way, like, I think polyamory looks beautiful on paper. And then in practice, it can be hard. But, um, yeah, but I think that's one of the lessons in the book where, like, it's not like there's a, there's no, like, like love isn't something that you can like capture. It's an energy and it's everywhere. And there's not a limited amount of love. Like just because my boyfriend loves somebody else doesn't mean he loves me less. It's, I think the analogy they use in the book, it's like children, right? You don't like love one child more than the other child. Well, you do. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can only have one good one. I tell my mom that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one good one <laughs> yeah absolutely you yeah you think that you your cup runneth over and you can't love more and then you have a second child and somehow you love it almost as much as your first child just yeah <laughs> can you tell them the eldest <laughs> no I am the oldest too I mean my sister both experience <laughs> so great you had to have another one and my sister is no she had to have a second one because she finally had to perfect it <laughs> like that's like, oh, yeah, right they gave up on the second one. They were like, ah, well, if you're not moving, innovate or die, right? In business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to yeah. ask you about these last two entries. I, I know you were struggling with some things, and I'm always wary of uh, people who paint any relationship. Oh, sorry. sorry. I have phone calls coming through on my computer. Anyway. It's okay. She's very important, people. Exactly. Well, I got that interview with the Calgary thing, which we'll bring up later when I'm plugging shot uh, crap. But anyways, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, so you ran into this, um, you know, not a roadblock, but a struggle. So tell me what happened a little, because we don't want to paint the picture that it's just, it's perfect. It's the solution to monogamy. And that's certainly not it. It's one of many options. So he did have sex with somebody else. Is that correct? Yeah, he had sex. So, so like most of his partners, like the girls that he's like really close with, um, live in Portland, and I actually have a nice relationship with them now, and I like I love it. I feel comfortable. But this other girl came into the picture, and you know, I mean, to be honest, we both made some mistakes with this because I kind of felt a little blindsided. Like I didn't see her 
as a girl that he was potentially going to have sex with, I, um, she, uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I really didn't, I, I really didn't see it coming. Uh, and then it, and then it happened. And of course, like, I really want to do this poly thing as properly as I could. So I wanted, I, I was like, I want, like, I needed to know, like I walked into his room and he was changing his sheets and, if you know me, you know I don't date men that are very domestic. So I knew that something. <laughs> uh, you knew uh, it was either the month of June, or he had had sex the night before. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Those are the men that I date. I date the guys that like their hand towel is their bath towel, and then it's like the bath <laughs> later in the day. Like that's a, the domestic level of the men I date. Um, oh my gosh! I know. Uh, so, anyways. Um, so, but I, but I, you know, I asked him all the questions, I get the story out and we were hiking at the time and I felt like, I remember like being excited, being like, oh my God, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing polyamory. I'm listening to my boyfriend talk about having sex with another girl and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I woke up and I processed it and then I was not okay. And then, yeah. So, I mean, that's, my latest vlog is all about that going down that downward spiral of just uh yeah of, of I mean I yeah anyways so it ended up being a lot harder than I thought um but then like I said my boyfriend is such a good communicator and then and that's what I'm gonna write about this week I'm gonna post a new blog that should be out by the time this podcast comes out about like the power of communication because like Usually, if anything went wrong in a relationship, that would just be my moment to break up. But instead, he came over and we talked about all this stuff. And then not only did I get out all of my, uh, like, all my feelings about him with the other girl, but, like, I got out a whole bunch of other stuff that had been lying there, you know, in my body, deeply below 20 years and nachos. Like, <laughs> much stuff just came out that I got this high off off communication that was like so powerful I was like holy shit there's like nothing left to tell you like you know everything that I feel right now and it felt like it was a high it was it was an actual high wow and then my boyfriend was like maybe the arc in all of this is that I'll learn you know into our relationship that I don't want to be polyamorous anymore and then I was like whoa 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 buddy let me have my turn first like I I am talking up until I uh, have sex with somebody else. So you're not there yet? I will let you know I'm much further along in my real life than I am in my blog. And I I have. Now I've been with two different people, uh, a guy and a girl separately. Don't get too excited. It wasn't that kinky. Uh, And yeah, anyways. And it it was very interesting. And I don't want to be too much of a spoiler alert. for my blog, uh, but the other tricky thing that I'm learning with, like the more I grow into this polyamory and I start to get it, uh, I am still very much struggling with the people that I choose to fall for because I think I choose to fall for people that are so sensible that just really aren't into this lifestyle and they might adore me um, or be interested in me, but they don't want to like get into this world of polyamory they don't want to date a girl who's already invested in another guy okay so I am struggling with that a little bit all right 
So I know uh, we're running out of time. What uh, I want to know is, like, what have you learned from all of this? What do you think other people should take away from your nine months? And of course, I encourage them to read your blog, Becoming Polly, and we'll link to that. But, but just to leave us with a pearl of wisdom, what do you want people to take away? I think the part I want people to take away is, yeah, there's not a limited amount of love out there. Um, it is an energy and it's just everywhere and it can be, you know, everyone uh, deserves a piece of it. Like, yeah, I, I would just say that, that there's not a limited amount of love and people don't have to just love one person. I do think it's possible to love more than one person. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm going to be following your blog. Do you update weekly? I, I notice you update usually around four in the morning. Yeah, you know it. I'm one of these <laughs> writers, and I usually write every Tuesday night. So if you happen to be up at like 4 a.m. on the West Coast, that's when I post. I know they're not proper posting hours, uh, but I don't care because usually everything I'm writing is so either kinky or emotional that I don't even care if people read it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but usually uh, every Wednesday morning there'll be a new one out. And I think, yeah, there's uh, 13 of them out right now. If you want to go back, I recommend reading it from chapter one to non-monogamous people walk into a bar. And yeah, the blog's called Becoming Polly and you can find it at uh, walkinsauce.tumblr.com or there's links on my website, christinawalkinshaw.com. Awesome. And where are you going next? I hear you're coming up to, uh, to Canada. I'm coming to the motherland. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a nice big theater show in Calgary for the YYC Comedy Festival. And that is, uh, yeah, Saturday, October 21st at the Jubilee Theater. And then after that, I'm doing shows the following weekend, the Thursday, Friday, I think it's the 26th, 27th, and I'll be in Victoria and Nanaimo. Awesome. Enjoying the great white north. It's about to get white up here, too. It's cold. Oh, no. Sorry, my L.A. sister. So, yeah, thank you so much, Christina, for being with me. And thank you to all of you for listening. Of course, I want to thank Desire Resort that adults only clothing optional highly erotic paradise with two locations on the Mayan Riviera in Mexico for their support of this podcast they are a quick ride from the Cancun International Airport and you know I love it there so check them out as well at Desire Resorts thank you all for listening if you've got questions or topics you want me to cover please holler at me at sex with Dr. Jess and sex with Dr. Jess.com. have a lovely week You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.